Hello, and welcome to the Incredible Witness Podcast. Today's episode is titled, History Repeats Itself. Have you ever wondered why the events that happen in one generation tend to repeat themselves in the next, and successive generations? It would be something great to seriously celebrate worthy experiences and events uplifting and worthy of adulation. Sadly though, too often when we talk about history repeating itself, we are referring to tragedies or situations that bring pain, shame and sorrow instead of joy and praise. In the world of social work, <clears throat> excuse me, we see these sad events being played out in, in people's li- lives over and over again. And no doubt, if you were able to go back in time, you would see the commencement of the initial problem or problems that have continued to plague or afflict family members down through the generations. But why do we see, for example, issues such as mental ill health, sexual abuse, domestic abuse, occurring in the lives of the parents and the children we work with, given that such events and experiences tend to be the last thing parents would want their children to, to encounter? Of course, there are parents who do not recognise the harm that, for instance, domestic abuse causes their children. But most people would not wish their children to suffer such experiences. Nevertheless, many parents seem powerless to prevent their child or children from travelling the same or very similar paths as them. Surely you might think that any parent who has been subjected to the trauma of child sexual abuse, for instance, would ensure that their child was protected from such abuse. But too often, children remain unprotected. Some years ago, I was commissioned to undertake a parenting assessment on a mother of four children. She had several siblings, but reported that she was not the favourite child of either of of her parents. This, she claimed, did not bother her much, but what she was aware did impact on her was the frequency of her parents' arguments and that she was sexually abused by her eldest brother, the favourite child of her mother. When asked if if she told her parents about the abuse, she initially told me that she, she had told her mother about it. During further discussion, though, it became clear that she had not disclosed the, the abuse to her to either of her parents. Her brother did not live at home, but would return home whilst on holiday periods. During one such occasion, her mother picked, picked up on or noticed her anxiety at the prospect of his return. She spoke to her daughter about it and discovered that discovered what had been happening. Following this discovery, she told her daughter two things. She assured her that she would make sure it never happened again, and she told her that they would never speak about it either. I understand that the subject of her abuse was never talked about with her mother again until shortly before her mother died. Her father at no time ever discussed the matter with her, and so she did not know whether he was aware of it or not. I gathered from my discussions with her that her sisters had some awareness of the abuse, although she conveyed that she had never shared this information with them. It may have been the case that her sisters were also abused, or their knowledge of the abuse may have come about due to their mother's actions after becoming aware of her daughter's abuse. In hindsight, I recognised that it was possible that both her mother, during her childhood, and her siblings may have been themselves subjected to sexual abuse. What was clear 
was that she stated that she never talked to her sisters or siblings about it. As the matter was never openly talked about, no emotional or psychological support or therapy was ever provided to her. She was left to cope with the burden of the sexual abuse totally on her own. Unsurprisingly, her childhood experiences resulted in her being reticent to express her feelings, and she could not and she not only presented as someone who was depressed, but was diagnosed as such. As a result of my work with this woman, I was informed that one of her daughters had also been sub- subjected to sexual abuse. The abuse had come to light when her daughter, aged 11 at the time, disclosed the information to her teacher. I was informed that her abuse had occurred whilst visiting her, visiting her father and being left by him in the care of her father's friends or acquaintances. I learned that her daughter had kept the information to herself for some three years before divulging it to her teacher. When I asked the mother how she felt in connection with the fact that her daughter had chosen not to share this important information with her, she said she had been a little little upset about it, given her own experience of abuse. What was conspicuous to me from the mother's responses was her emotional flatness and minimal or understated reaction. I inquired whether she had asked her daughter why she had not told her about the abuse. She advised me that her daughter explained that she had told her father about it, but he had not believed her, and as a consequence, she had, she had formed the view that her mother would, all, would, would also not believe her. What also hit me was that her daughter, much like herself, when she had been a child, had never been made to feel, to feel safe and secure enough to share her feelings and know that she would be afforded the attention required and be believed. Was it a coincidence that her daughter felt unable to share really critical information with her mother? Or, on the contrary, were conditions designed in such a way to ensure that a child in that family never never disclosed their abusive experiences? In my view, neither scenario is likely to be the case. The necessary conditions of the home environment were inadvertently or unconsciously produced by the parents or parents and absorbed or ingested on a daily basis by those in receipt of their care. In any home environment where where children are not encouraged to express and share their thoughts and feelings, and when in addition parents do not actively demonstrate their attentiveness to their children and willingness to listen to, believe, support and protect them, that that home environment is conducive to promoting the situations in which children can be harmed and at the same time not feel in any way safeguarded, but instead feel and be exposed to isolation and a total lack of support. History then repeats itself in this regard, because people really, if ever, recognise the need to change themselves and escape the confines of their childhood experiences, to address and surmount any deficiencies in the care they received. Growing up in an environment where you are encouraged to feel important to express your feelings, be listened to as opposed to brushing your thoughts and feelings under the carpet and have confidence that your words will be believed does not just magically occur. It has to be more consciously produced, especially if it is not not the type of family environment you have grown up in. Until next time.